We are wrapping up this series called Short Stories, where we have been looking at some of the parables that Jesus taught during his earthly ministry and how they apply to our lives today. In this final portion of this series, we're going to talk about listening carefully. And by that, I mean listening carefully to what God has to say to you. And this is important because one of the basic and yet amazing claims of Christianity is that God wants to speak to you today. He does. Not only does he want to have a relationship with you, but he wants to talk to you. Now, you may already know that in any relationship, communication is important. You also may know at times that communication can be misunderstood. For example, uh, when my wife Carla is talking to me, there are times when I misunderstand what she's saying. Sometimes I just don't clearly hear what she's saying. Sometimes I'm just flat out not listening, and that happens. And, and it's because I'm distracted or I'm watching TV and it's never a good thing. So it just, but it happens, right? So here's my point. If, if, if I have difficulty staying always tuned in to my wife, Carla, whom I know and dearly love, I think it's easy to imagine how at times it can be hard for us to always stay tuned in to God, who is constantly trying to talk to us. So my goal for this message today is pretty simple. It's just, first of all, I want you to understand God wants to talk to you and speak to you today. He really does. He wants to impress upon your hearts and on your minds his wisdom, his guidance, and his direction. Second, just as it is important for me to stay tuned in to my wife, Carla, it's just as important for us to stay tuned in to our God. And, you know, at, at first glance, they might seem pretty easy, right? I mean, how hard can it be? And yet Jesus recognizes that, you know, it is not as easy as it sounds. And so Jesus teaches this story that Pastor Mark read just a moment ago, this story where he talks about not only why we sometimes aren't listening to God like we should, but the importance of being tuned into him and staying tuned into him. And so there's this story, right? It's a story about a farmer who goes out and sows seed on his field. And Jesus explains that that farmer is, it represents God. And the seed represents his word, what he wants to say to you. And that soil represents your heart. Now, here's what I would argue. I would argue that just as there are these four different types of soil in the story that Jesus teaches, we, as Christ followers, we, we can have four different types of attitudes toward God and to what he's trying to say to us. So, for example, sometimes, sometimes you are tuned into God and you're open to what he has to say. Other times, though, you might be closed to what God has to say because you're so busy or distracted with other things. So from moment to moment, your receptivity to what God is trying to tell you can change. What I like to do is help you with that, to help you stay tuned in to God on a regular, continual basis, which I think you all want, to help you enjoy God's guidance and wisdom and direction that God wants to offer you. Let me share a couple of things, a couple of things that I really do think will help you. First, to hear God speak, you want to cultivate an open mind. You want to cultivate an open mind. To hear God speak, 
right? To hear God speak, to, to be tuned in to the impressions or the, uh, you know, the, the wisdom, the guidance, the, the direction that God places upon your heart. You want to be open and always willing to hear God and what he has to say to you. And, and so, you know, for some of you sitting here, some of you watching online right now, you might be thinking, I've never had that. I've never felt like God has spoken to me. I've never felt like God has guided me. So why is that? And while there are all kinds of reasons in this story that we're going to look at in just a moment, Jesus explains a couple of them. Okay, so let's jump into the story again and dig into it. From Luke 8, verse 5, Jesus says this, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Now you got to understand in Jesus' day, farm fields are not the expansive fields and plots of land like we have here in Ohio. They were rather narrow and there was a path that would go right down the middle because that's where the farmer would walk as he's taking and scattering the seed onto the plowed, the good soil on each side of the path. Certainly, some of the seed, as he's tossing it, falls onto the path. And because people are walking in a, you know, all the time, it's very compacted. It's very hard. The seed can't penetrate it. It's a free snack for the birds. Jesus explains this and what it means for us in verse 12. Listen to this. Jesus says, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes along and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And, and for all of you sitting here, understand that even though there are times, and, and God is constantly trying to talk to you, but even though there are times when God is trying to speak to you, the devil can tempt you to close your mind and harden your heart so you don't hear what he wants to tell you. You miss out, you completely miss out on his wisdom and guidance and direction. And as you can imagine, Satan can tempt you in any way, in, in, in all kinds of ways. One of the most powerful temptations that Satan uses is this thing called pride, right? Where you think to yourself, I don't need God's advice. I got this figured out. I can handle this important life decision or this major decision at work all my own. I can figure out how to raise my kids on my own. I can, I can handle what I'm going to do on this date on my own, right? On and on and it goes. But that's what pride does. Pride closes you from hearing what God might be trying to say to you. And as a result, you know, you just think I can handle this all by myself and God's wisdom and guidance can't penetrate your heart or your mind. A second temptation that Satan loves to use is this thing called fear, fear. Believe it or not, sin can make you afraid of what God might be trying to say to you. He can get you to become afraid that God's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do, or that God might ask you to live in a certain way that you don't want to live. And if you do what he tells you to do or live the way he wants you to live, you're going to lose all of your freedom and fun in life. Your friends aren't going to want to hang out with you, and you're just not going to be able to enjoy life the way you did. All fear. And Satan is very, very convincing in tempting us to become afraid like that. And when you have that fear, it, of course, it closes you off from hearing what God wants you to hear from him, what he wants to say. A third temptation is bitterness. Uh, life can be hard. Life can be difficult. Life can be painful. And Satan can tempt you in those moments to become bitter. Maybe you become bitter toward God and say, why did you let this happen to me? 
Maybe you become bitter at a Christian, another Christian who hurts you. Regardless, when you become bitter and callous like that, guess what? You're not going to hear what God has to say. You're just too busy being bitter and calloused. Now, I realize that life can be hard. I realize life can be difficult and that pain is real. It's a part of life. Some of you lost loved ones recently and that pain is still fresh. Some of you years ago were abused as a child. Some of you were, um, you experienced betrayal from an un, by an unfaithful spouse. Whatever it is, if you've been deeply hurt, I'm sorry. I really am. But understand this. When you are hurt, don't run from God. Run to him, right? And honestly, God is the only one who can truly help you in that moment. God is the only one who fully understands what you're going and cares. God is the only one who can comfort and heal you. So instead of holding all that bitterness in, give it to God so that he can heal you, right? Let him free you from the pain. Let him forgive your bitterness. Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago, he hung on a cross and he died to earn your forgiveness for you. And when you trust in that amazing gift of grace from God, you, you are washed clean. You are forgiven. You can trust in that. Having trusted in the fact that you are cleansed and forgiven, trust in the fact that God has the potential to heal you in your life as well. So run to him, not away from him. What all of this boils down to is this, that the tragedy, hey, the tragedy of the hard, compacted soil is that it represents a heart that is closed. And a heart that is closed will not grow. It is unbar- it is barren and it is unfruitful. In James 1 verse 21, it says, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So get rid of those temptations, whether it's pride, fear, bitterness, whatever it is, get rid of them, give them to God, confess them, and let him wash away the stain of your guilt with the blood of his son. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you cultivate an open mind so that you can hear him and what he has to say. That's step one. Step number two is allocate time to listen. And of course, this makes sense too, right? We schedule everything in our lives. We schedule dentist appointments and oil changes for our cars and kids' activities and dates and vacations. So let's go ahead and schedule or allocate time to get along with God and be in his word where he speaks to us. That, by the way, God's word is the primary way by which he will speak to you Today, certainly God can speak to you directly. He can impress things on your heart, on your heart by his spirit. He can speak to you through pastors and other Christians. He can speak to you through a TV commercial. He can do whatever he wants. He's God. But the primary way is through his word. So you want to allocate time to get into his word and, and, and make that a regular part of your daily routine. And as a church, we are always encouraging you to do that. Right? We are always encouraging you to get in and schedule some time. But the problem is that um, it doesn't happen. And, and one of the biggest reasons why is because our life is at a fast pace. And you, and you just need to realize that you can't schedule time for God when you're always in a hurry. When your life is at a fast pace, God gets shuffled, shuffled to the back of the deck. Whether you intend for that to happen or not, that's what happens. You may want to hear God speak to you. You may want his wisdom and his guidance. But in those moments when you're running your life at all kinds of RP, you know, high RPMs like that, you're going to be saying, okay, God, I got about two minutes. So if you want to talk to me, talk to me now. Let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. 
Back in Jesus' story in Luke 8, this time verse 6, Jesus says, Some seed fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. And then in verse 13, Jesus explains what this means by saying, Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe it for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. So just as the hardened, compacted soil represented a heart that was closed, so this rocky soil represents somebody who hears God's word and they're excited, like amped up about it. It's like, this is amazing, but it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick. So the rocky soil represents a heart that is really uncommitted, a heart that can wither easily under the heat of peer pressure from friends or family members, or that withers because of the pace of the life that is just at breakneck speed. I've, I've had people come up to me after worship service and they, oh, Pastor Z, the, you, the God spoke to me today. And, and then they list off, God, I'm going to change this and this and this about my life. And I'm like, yay, praise God. That is amazing. And I see them a couple months later and it's obvious nothing's changed. And that's because even though they heard the word of God and in that moment, they were just, you know, really excited about it. It didn't last, right? They were thrilled but they weren't transformed because transformation happens when you allocate time to be in God's word. And then as you hear it to maybe think about, okay, what is God trying to say to me in this moment in my life? Maybe write down some life lessons so that it does stick, right? You review it again and again so that it, takes root. And, and, and so, yes, it's important for you to, to allocate this time to be in God's word, where God can speak to you, where you can just get quiet and, and not just read and then, okay, let's watch Sports Center, but you actually take some time to think about what it is that you read and, and write down maybe some lessons that you can, you know, maybe in the margins of your Bible on a, on a journal or whatever, so that it sticks, right? So that it sticks. All right, third thing. To hear God speak, eliminate distractions. Eliminate distractions. It is so easy to miss out on what God might be trying to say to you when you are busy or preoccupied with, you know, bills or plans and goals or worries or whatever, right? It is easy with those distractions, when those distractions are, are at work in your life, it will keep you from receiving the guidance and the wisdom God wants you to have. Jesus says it this way in the story, verse seven, other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And then Jesus explains what that means in verse 14. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear the word, but as they go their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. Okay, so this thorny type of soil represents, if you will, a heart that is preoccupied. A heart that is busy and distracted is going to push God off to the side. And I don't know if you caught it, but in that last verse that I just shared with you, Jesus lists several thorns or weeds, things that can choke off God's word in your life, distractions that you want to avoid. The first that he mentions are worries. In the Greek, the word for, for worries can mean to be pulled in different directions. And that's true. 
right? When you are stressed out or anxious about things, uh, you feel like you're being pulled in all these different directions. When you are distracted and preoccupied by all of those things that have got you worried, guess whose voice you're not hearing? Anyone want to take a guess? God's, it's right. See how it works? It's awful. But those, that's, that's something that can choke God's word right out of your life. A second thing that Jesus lists in his description are riches. Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with money, but you can become so busy and preoccupied in making it that, again, you don't have time to hear what God has to say. It chokes his word right out of your life because you're busy, you know, working and paying the bills and keeping up with the Joneses and on and on it goes. And so, yeah, you don't hear what God might be trying to say to you. And the third thing, the third weed that Jesus lists is pleasure. Like money, nothing wrong with fun. God thought up the fun in this world. But you, again, you can become so preoccupied, so busy, so distracted with having fun that you, you know, it chokes God and whatever he might be trying to tell you right out of your life. God knows how recreation can replace worship, right? Instead of going to worship, you, you go to your lake home and you don't go to worship there. Or maybe you go to another, I don't know, tournament for your kids, whatever. A weed can be anything, right? Any, a distraction can be work. A distraction can be a boyfriend or a girlfriend. A distraction can be family issues. You name it. Distractions are anything that keep you from hearing what God wants you to hear, what he's trying to tell you. It's anything that can keep you from sitting down, getting quiet and say, okay, Lord, is there something you want to say to me today because I'm listening? You can't say that when you're distracted. Those distractions, those weeds will choke your spiritual walk with Jesus to death. They will. And then you won't be able to enjoy the, uh, the, the, the peace and the purpose that God wants you to have. You, you won't be able to make sound choices and, and, and wise decisions. You won't be able to know how to handle stress or worry or fear or whatever. All of those distractions are going to get in the way. So step three is eliminate the distractions. You know, go out and pull the weeds. Fourth, finally, put God's word into action. Put God's word into action. God wants you to have an attitude that says, okay, God, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Even though I may not understand it, even though it may not make sense to me, even though I may not want to do it, I'm still going to do it because I know it's the right thing to do and it's what you want me to do. That's what God wants you to do. Now, I'm, my guess is that some of you sitting here today were prompted by the Holy Spirit. You, God spoke to you this morning, whether you believe it or not. He prompted you to come here to worship. When that alarm went off this morning, you may have been thinking, oh, this bed feels really good. <laughs> See, you did. And yet here you are. Why? Because I believe the Holy Spirit's prompting you. Come on, go to worship. Because every time you go to worship, God speaks to you and he touches you and he energizes you and changes something for the better inside of you. Come on, go to worship. Because here you're reminded of God's love and, and the fact that through Jesus, you are forgiven and saved, right? Come on, come to worship. Because then you can confess that whether your heart, yours, the soil of your heart was closed or uncommitted or preoccupied, like we already talked about, that you can confess that to God. And because of Jesus' sacrifice and death on the cross, all of that guilt, all of that sin is washed away forever. Come on, come to worship because today you're going to receive in a tangible way God's grace and forgiveness in the Lord's Supper. Come to worship. And I look around and here you are, right? 
So the point I'm trying to make here in this case, for this final soil, is that the good soil represents a heart that is willing. Okay, It's open and it's listening, but it's willing to do what God is telling you to do, even before you know what it is. Jesus closes off this entire section of uh, explaining the, the parable by saying this in verse 15. He said, the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a good crop. So not only do you hear God's word, you put it into practice. Not only do you review it again and again, so it takes root, but you put it into action. And as a result, you end up doing what? Living a God-honoring, productive life. James says it this way in uh, James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. So if there's one thing that I want you to keep in mind as you head out the doors, get into God's word, right? Make being in God's word a regular part of your daily routine. 5, 10, 15 minutes, doesn't matter. Get into a big group Bible study, get into a small group Bible study, memorize some verses from scripture, have personal devotions, I don't care. Get into God's word because that's the way, those, that's one of the primary ways, the primary way by which God will speak to you today. And as he speaks, Listen carefully, right? And as you listen, don't just be a hearer of God's word, be a doer. Put it into practice. All right, so let me challenge you in a couple of ways. First, let me challenge you to bring any bitterness that you may be dealing with to God. You know, there are temptations of pride and fear, but that pride of bitterness, oh man, that can quickly close you off from having anything to do with God. So if you're wrestling with that, bring it to God and, and, and let him forgive it and, and heal you and bring you peace. Second, ask someone to help you identify your weeds of distraction. Sometimes you cannot see the weeds that you are in. You're just blind to them. So having another trusted Christian friend come alongside and, and say, yeah, I can see this is kind of distracting you from what God wants you to be doing and how he wants to speak to you. It's really helpful. Okay, ask someone to come alongside you like that. And then third, set aside some time to be in God's word and become a doer of it. Again, making being in God's word a part of your daily routine, listen carefully and hear it, but then also be a doer of it. Put it to work. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word and for being so willing to speak to us even today, even now in this place Help us to have hearts that are open, that are quick to listen to what you have to say, and that are committed to what you are telling us to do. Empower us to eliminate any distractions that might keep us from your wisdom, your guidance, your direction. And Lord, strengthen us by your spirit that we might be willing to take what we hear and learn from you. And again, listening carefully, do it, to put it into practice. We love you, Lord. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. Amen.